I couldn't really find it anywhere exactly what your property entailed because I know you have animals and you had chores growing up but walk us through exactly what home looked like so of course I mean it, it's changed so much since then but growing up I uh I had eight horses and I used to barrel race. My horse's name was Reflection. And so I would barrel race. And um, growing up, my dad, he's always been into cars. Um, so it was like kind of like a car farm. It's not your normal kind of farm. So we had like a bunch of cars. I lived on three acres um, right on the uh, border of New Mexico and Colorado, actually. And so growing up, I just um, I we have dogs and cats and had horses. We don't have horses anymore, but I would get up every every morning at 5.30 and I would do all my chores and then I would start getting ready for school and would stand in front of my um in front of my house waiting for the school bus every morning and we lived like 30 minutes from town and so I would ride the bus for like an hour but um growing up I, I grew up with a lot of chores I would carry wood stack wood you know the whole thing <laughs> and how young were you when you started barrel racing you must have been pretty young I was really, really young. I think I started four or five. And really? then Yeah. And then I uh, barrel race him. And I think I was maybe six or seven whenever my horse passed away. Wow. And so were you going to rodeos around the local area or were you just doing it on your farm or what did that look like? Yeah, I did um, some rodeos locally. We have a, a rodeo arena here called mcgee park that i i remember i was five then and i got first place on my horse for the oh for the nice yeah <laughs> and so with the music you were two when that started to kick in what did that look like because you can barely talk when you're two so what did the singing look like when you were that age and from what you can remember what's sort of your earliest memory of that you know, my sister and my mom sing, and um, my sister was always really into theater, and I remember going and watching her whenever she was in high school, and um, watching her sing, and she would do it at the house, and my mom played piano, my dad plays guitar, I mean, it was it's a really musical family, so growing up, uh, there was just always music, music in the background, we'd be listening to it, my sister would sing, she would do all this theater stuff, and I just really gravitated towards that, and fell in love with it, because it's it kind of like a family affair, we all love music so much. I always tell people I grew up with the best of both worlds because my mom loves country music and older country music and my dad loves old classic rock. So growing up, I both had the two like really classic genres. And so did your dad every time push you in that classic rock direction and being more of a rocker than a country girl? You know, I was really all over the board um, singing so many different genres. I always loved country and uh, country is always what I gravitated to. But, you know, I also like I love classic rock music as well. I remember whenever I was younger, I would do some Joan Jett covers and some Nazareth covers. And <laughs> I was all over the board. And Carrie Underwood, there was a Carrie Underwood song that was the first song you ever learned to sing. What age were you then when you learned that song? Oh, I was four whenever I learned Before He Cheats. And I remember I would stand in my living room. We had, my mom had this old little camcorder and she would record me up against the, um, 
uh, blinds, the curtains in front of our sliding glass door. And I would just sing it over and over and over again and have her record me until I thought I did good enough. <laughs> that was the first song I learned. And um, I'm sure everyone was kind of surprised a four-year-old singing a song about someone cheating on him. But <laughs> yeah, because there was a competition when you were four, a singing competition, right? And they didn't want you to actually sing that song. You had to sing something different. <laughs> yes, I um, wanted to enter singing before he cheats, of course. And um, they were like, you're four. And they were, they told me, they told my mom that they were afraid I might win being four singing that song because it was so cute. But I ended up singing A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella, which was much more fitting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. And so you've always been comfortable in front of people, always been comfortable singing. It's like you were born to do it basically right yeah I have always loved to sing in front of people when I was younger though I actually was scared to sing in front of boys only boys oh, yeah so I would have to either have them turn around or I would have to turn around which is so <laughs> funny um but as I got older I outgrew that I I just I love meeting people and singing to people and sharing all the love and talk about the radio, because when you were younger as well, you would learn covers and go and sing them on the local radio, right? Yes, I would learn a new cover, sometimes two, and my parents would take me into the radio station every Friday before school. I would skip the bus that day, and I'd go in and I'd sing the song on the air, and whenever I'd go to school, people from the bus would hear it, and um, that was really that would really help me locally um, because people actually were like, well, who's this girl? So um, I, I loved doing that. And I would do not only country covers, I did some rock covers like my dad loved. And I did some like old, uh, like Elvis Presley. I did some pop covers. I was all over the board, but always, always loved country. But yeah, the radio is really fun. And out of your brothers and sisters, were you the most musical and the person who had the drive to do that? Yeah, my um, my sister also really loved it, but I was the one that really, really, really wanted to make it a career. From what you remember, when was there a certain moment that you thought, oh, this is what I want to do? Gosh, you know, probably starting at the radio, radio station. And then ever since that, I would start, I started singing at like weddings locally and started doing it in front of more live audience. I started singing in church. Um, my, my pastor was a huge, huge role in that because he, he believed in me so much. And he's the one that really got me on stage. I'd sing every Sunday and almost every Wednesday. And I would sing, I remember the first song, um, whenever I first started going to church was rolling in the deep by Adele, which is so funny because it was in church and, um, he really, he really helped push me. I'd probably say the radio, but church church was really the one that helped helped me realize that I wanted to do this because it, it brought so much joy to people. And then at nine, you released a mini CD. Was that with cover songs, that CD? Yes. Yes, I did four songs and I, um, I really wanted to do it. And so I found the music for it and I saved up all my money just so that I could go into a recording studio and record it professionally. And I actually remember I recorded it in Orlando Florida. Um, my family lives in Florida. And so I recorded it in Orlando and 
it was so crazy just being a nine nine year old little girl in a recording studio that was so crazy yeah what was that experience like because it must have been a bit of an eye opener for you in the first time and sort of being in that environment and maybe seeing what it actually takes to record and not just be at the local radio station or on the local stage and seeing that other part of it yeah, it was definitely, definitely eye-opening. Um, I didn't did not know what to expect at all because I was only nine. So I walk in there with with my mom and I go in there and I start singing the songs to the tracks. And it was just so cool to see how how the magic happened and how you're there singing, but then it comes on a CD and you can listen to it. It was just definitely crazy and um something I really enjoyed doing. I I really loved it. And what did your parents think up to that point? Have they always been supportive in supporting that dream of doing music? Or were they sort of the parents that said, well, yeah, that's a great dream, but let's have a backup plan. You know, let's have another route just in case. You know, they, since the beginning, have been so supportive. Like, I, we've never even talked about a backup plan. Like, <laughs> I just, I wanted to do music so bad. And I was always singing and loved singing. And I think they knew that that's just really what I loved and really what I wanted to do. So they've, they've supported me the whole way. And I'm so grateful for them. They're like, they're, they're, they're my rock. And at age 11, let's talk about the yodeling. How did that come about that you wanted to learn that? You know, um, my sister and my mom had told me I should sing the song Blue by Leanne Rhymes. And I was, they were like, it has some yodeling in it. And I was like, what is yodeling? Because I had no idea. And my mom looked up some YouTube videos and showed me and I fell in love with it because it's so unique and you don't really hear it much anymore. And so I learned Blue and um, just kept practicing on it and trying to get quicker at it. And I, I fell in love with yodeling. And did any yodeling make it onto the new EP? It didn't, did it? It didn't, no. Um, I, have not, I have not whipped out that little, little trick yet. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and so let's talk about 2017, season 13 of The Voice you went and auditioned for that season, correct? I did. I went to an open call in Las Vegas, actually. And I made it through the first round. And then um, we were there. We stayed the night. We had to find backing tracks for music. And um, that it was, hard, it was hard to find songs and keys. I didn't play an instrument yet. So I didn't make it past that second round. And I was actually pretty bummed about it. Um, but my mom and dad were like, you can still do it. Like, don't give up. And um then I got the opportunity The voice reached back out for season 15, actually. And my mom called me when I was walking home from school and she was like, the voice reached out. Do you want to do this? And I was like, is that even a question? Say yes. And so she did. And um, it was just it was like a puzzle. It all just like worked out. And so how much confidence did that give you going into those auditions for that season in that they had reached out to you? to ask if you wanted to come do it? You know, it felt really, really good. I was, um, whenever my mom called and told me they reached back out, I was having a really rough week at school. I, I've been bullied during school and stuff like that. So that was really 
it really gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of happiness and hope that um, I was going to be a, a singer and a musician and that this is going to really help help kickstart my career. And so whenever I went back and I went to the audition and like it like started getting really real, like surreal. And I it's still crazy to even talk about how it happened and how how it all worked out. But it was it felt really good. We'll talk about the auditions in one sec, but you talked about the bullying. I've heard you sort of mention that in other interviews, but talk a bit more about that and what it was like for you and how music supported you through those times. Yeah, you know, I don't think bullying is all just physical. There's so many different like realms of bullying. Like it's very verbal. Words can hurt. And um, I got called names and I also had some physical bullying as well. So music... Um, music can draw so many emotions and there's sad songs there's happy songs there's songs that you can just relate to you listen to me you put your headphones on and you're like that's how I'm feeling right now so I'm gonna listen to the song 10 times and maybe it'll help me feel better so every time I'd get on the bus from school and I'd go home I'd put headphones in and just listen to music the whole whole way whole way home and it just, I think music is so healing and I think it just connects us all because so many people listen to a song and they're feeling the same way and there's so many different interpretations of the song they're listening to. So I think it's just, it's just a beautiful thing how music can heal people and connect everybody. That's awesome. And now let's talk about The Voice season 15 going into the blind auditions, I guess it is. Talk about what you were feeling leading up to that and after season 13 and not making it through and now making it through to that stage, where were you at mentally when you were going into that performance? You know, going into the blind auditions, I was just wanting, focusing on having fun because I love to sing and um, I I don't know if anybody else from New Mexico prior to that had auditions for The Voice or made it onto TV. So I was like, I'm gonna, I want to make my town proud. I want to make my parents proud, my family proud. And so just go out there and have fun. And no matter what happens, it's it's all in God's plan. So I went out there and um, started singing and then the chairs started turning. And I don't know how I kept singing because I saw them turn around and I was like, if I keep my eyes closed, I won't stop. <laughs> so I kept singing and I'm glad I did. I think, you know, I wasn't really nervous at all. I just, I was more excited than anything. And every time I tell somebody that I wasn't nervous, they're like, you weren't nervous. Like, how are you not nervous? And you know, I don't know. It's just, I just, I love music so much and stage just feels like a, like a second home. Yeah. That's weird because I imagine it would almost be heart stopping when you see that first chair turn, because that's why you're there. You're there to get a chair to turn. If you don't get a chair to turn, then you're going home. So like <laughs> at that moment, yeah, you, I imagine you must have to kind of just look deep within yourself and say, okay, no, keep going. This is what I'm here for. This is what I've been doing since I was two. I can do this. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's definitely a crazy experience. It's so much fun. And I think after, after I got done and after I picked a coach and everything and I got into the, into the van, I passed out right away. I was so tired. I don't know why I was so tired, but then after that, I was just like, okay, now, cause we had, I had made such great connections with all the other contestants and it was like a second family. So I was like, okay, I hope all my friends make it and we're all in this together, but it was, it was fun. I loved it. Now, with the support that you received from Kelly all the way through and that you still receive, do you ever think back to what may have happened if you had gone with Blake as your coach? Do you think that things would have turned out the same? 
You know, I'm not too sure. There's, there's really no telling. I just really, whenever I was up there picking a coach, listening to my gut and what my heart was telling me to do. And I think I made a good decision because um, originally I was going to choose Blake, but something in my gut was telling me to go with Kelly and I'm glad I did. There's no telling, um, but who knows? I feel like just the opportunity I got to even step foot on the stage and sing for them is, is great enough as it is. So um, no matter what happened, if I did have pick Blake then it was just it was just part of the plan you know <laughs> and I read somewhere you mentioned that it was during the live shows was sort of the first time you realized yeah this is what I want to do as a career now you've mentioned growing up that music was always something that you were focused on but talk about what happened in those live shows just in that way and making you maybe just click right on to the fact that, yep, you know what, 100%, this is what I want to do. Yeah, you know, I feel the first live show we did, I sang the song Grandpa by the Judds. And I was up there and I was just so in the moment. And it was just like magical, like they walking over and touching one of the audience members hands and just seeing how happy they were and how into the music they were. I just knew right away. I was like, I can touch so many lives and impact so many lives with music. That is what I want to do and just spread hope and positivity with, with my music. And when it got to the finale performing with Dan and Shay, what was that like? How did that all come together? How much time did you have with them to sort of rehearse that and work that out? You know, the day that I performed it was the day that I met them and we sang it together. Really? So it was just one day, but they're such great guys. They love music. They're so creative and they can sing. I remember standing next to Shay and I was like, he sounds just like he does on the record. Like it's so crazy. And it was a connection that I made with them that it's like, it's like family as well. Like I love them to death. Like I went to the ACM awards in 2019 and saw them and talked to them and got to see him again. And it's just like, we were like friends and that, that performance was so much fun. It was like a dream come true. Just getting to, getting to even just be in their presence. Cause they're amazing. Yeah. And were you nervous at all at that point or because of that whole process, were you pretty confident in the fact that even though you had just met them that day and you'd be performing with them that night, did you have a lot of confidence that you'd be able to do it? You know, I wasn't nervous about performing. I was nervous that I was talking to Dan and Shay. I remember when they walked into the, into the room, I like stopped breathing and my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, keep breathing. It's okay. And, um, actually performing with them, I wasn't nervous, but just like seeing them and, you know, listening to them and being a fan of them and actually seeing them in person and getting the opportunity to perform with them. I was like, Oh, like that's crazy. But actually performing. No, I was actually, it felt really good. I wasn't really nervous at all for the actual performance. So in life, are you kind of the opposite of everyone else? Cause for me, if I'm in a normal situation, I might not get nervous. If I'm singing in front of, you know, even 50 people, I'm going to get nervous. But for you, it feels like it's the opposite. Maybe in everyday life, you might get nerves. But when you hit the stage, like that all goes away. Yeah, that is definitely how I feel. You hit it right, right to the T. Um, I will get on stage and sing for hundreds and thousands of people and I'm not nervous at all. But if I have to talk or make a speech in front of five people or like at school, whenever I was going to school, I was so nervous. 
I don't know what it is, but just being on stage, not nervous, but everything else, I'm pretty nervous. <laughs> well, that's awesome. At least you know that music is what you're meant to do then because you're so confident in it, right? Yes. And talk about Broken Hearts and being able to sing that because that was a song that was originally written for Kelly. She didn't record it and she kind of kept it in her back pocket and brought it out for you. How much time in advance did you know that was going to be the song you were singing and what did it mean to you to know that it was a song that meant something to Kelly and she was sort of passing it on to you? You know, it was an honor um, to have Kelly think, oh, this is a perfect song for her. Like it was for me, but I'm going to give it to her because, you know, it's, it's an honor just even thinking about it. And, you know, there were, I had two options. There were two originals and I really loved, I loved both of them, but the night that we, that I got told I was going into the top four, I don't know if it was that same night or the next morning I went into the studio and was like already recording it. It oh, was really? such a fa- yeah, it was such a fast process, but you know, I, I it felt so good. Um, because that was the first original song I had ever had, and I loved it. It was just such a great song, and the creativity and how we wanted it to sound and everything just really, really flowed and came together. And I actually, it's funny, I had laryngitis the finale of the voice, and I recorded that song when I when I was sick. Oh, really. I did. And whenever I listen to it, I can hear it. But whenever my parents listen to it, they're like, you can't even tell. But that was so exhilarating to just have an original that was written for Kelly that she that she gave to me. It's it was an honor. And so how close were you to maybe not being able to perform at the finale if you were sick? You know, I had a, they the voice sent me to an ENT and he was a doctor and he checked me out and um gave me some antibiotics and stuff like that and I remember whenever I went to rehearse uh oh what was the song little too late that was one of my finale songs that I did by Tanny Tucker and usually you run through it a couple times singing they didn't want me to sing because they we didn't want my voice to get blown out. And so right. I didn't sing for that rehearsal. And whenever I went and sang it actually for the performance, a uh, little nerve wracking, I will say, but only because I was sick. And um, I just kept pushing through. I had worked. I had worked so hard. I was drinking tea. I was throat lozenges, all, all the things to try and make myself feel better. So I, I just pushed through. And so you win. It's. An amazing feeling, I have to imagine. But what was sort of the feeling maybe once you came down? Because it sort of feels now with singing competitions, when they first started, when American Idol first started, it was maybe more of a golden ticket. You're on your way. But now it almost feels like we put you in front of a lot of people. You're known now. But now it's up to you to take that and take it somewhere. We're not going to hold your hand and make you a star. That's up to you. Is that how you felt or how you feel now? Or, or what what has the feeling been? You know, it has been great right away. Like I said, the voice really gave me a stepping stone in my career and helped me so much. And, you know, right after I won, I came home and I won on December 18th. And then I got home like two days before Christmas. And then January 26th was my first concert and it was in Farmington. It sold out in three minutes. 
And I just was ready to get to work. I had started working on new music originals, um, going through songs that were uh, the other people have written to just try and find the perfect originals for me because I hadn't started writing yet. And I was just ready to get to work. I didn't have a manager or a PR team or anything like that then. So my mom and my dad were helping me and we were booking gigs all over the United States. And it was, I was just ready to, ready to work. I knew who I was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And I just, I didn't want to sit and, I didn't want to go back to high school and actually sit in class and do it. I wanted to do concerts and I'll do school on the road. So I wanted to get to work right away. And that's just what I did. So you've always had that mindset of not just saying, I'm the voice winner. I can sit back and relax and fame will come to me. You've always been like, okay, there's a stepping stone. Now let's work hard to be able to use that to our advantage, right? Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of hard work and um, you don't get there overnight. So I've always, I just have so many goals and want to see so many different things in my life succeed. And so I work hard to try and achieve those. And one of the biggest things I think that probably came soon after you won was meeting Loretta Lynn and Tanya Tucker. at I believe it was Loretta's birthday that you were personally invited to, like she is your hero. So how did that feel? I cried the whole time I talked to Miss Loretta. I just bawled my eyes and I remember her telling me, she said, don't cry, honey, because I was talking to her and telling me how much I loved her and I was just crying. It was an honor to be, to meet someone I've looked up to my whole, my whole life and uh, how I want my music to be in sound. And she's always stayed true to herself. And she's just such, such a great woman, such a great musician. And I, a dream come true for sure. Same with Tanya Tucker. She's so much fun. And whenever I met her, she actually watched my voice performance of the song I did of hers, which was so crazy. I was like, Tanya Tucker saw that? Like, what? That's crazy. Because I was only 16 at the time whenever I met them, I think. And right. it was, it was amazing. I, something I'll never forget. It's definitely one of my most exciting days of my life, I will say. And the new album, Everybody's Got a Story, when did you first head to Nashville? Like, did you just go to Nashville to record this? Did you do all the other work at home in New Mexico? Or how did that process look? Yeah, I had connected Dave Fenley. He was on my season of The Voice. He sent me Mama Got the Chair. And that was the first song I heard. And the first song I knew I wanted to record. And I just kept getting connected with other writers and Kelly had sent me the two Casey Musgraves tunes that she wrote and I just got to work on finding the songs that I really felt embraced who I am as a person and as an artist and as a 16 year old girl in the world and um, just worked hard on finding the songs and then whenever I did I went to Nashville to record um, and I went in November November of 2019 or September. I don't remember. It's been, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> yeah. But I was there and it was cool because we tracked with a live band. Like I actually got to sing with the band and create the music together and uh, work with the producer, Todd Tidwell. Um, and it was just an amazing experience. But I found all the songs, songs while I was home in New Mexico, just on my phone and um, did the rest of the work in Nashville. And what was that process like? Was it pretty easy in picking those songs? Because like you say, you know who you are, you know what you're, you want your sound to be. So was it an easy process in that regard? 
You know, definitely not, if I'm being honest. No. I listened to hundreds of songs and they were all so, so great. But, and you know, you listen, you listen to the demos and you can switch up the music and how you want them to sound. So I just was listening to them. And then whenever I narrowed it down to like 50, I was like, okay, now where do I go from here? Because they're all so good. So it was definitely not an easy process. And you've talked about sort of your songwriting is that something that's developing is that something you have ever done when you were younger or is that something that's sort of starting fresh from this point it's definitely starting fresh I mean I've written one song um when I was gosh I don't know young whenever I was bullied I wrote a song about about being bullied actually but I haven't ever written anything else and so it's a new process for me but I'm actually starting to I'm trying it and I'm really liking what I've gotten so far and throughout the process not only on the voice but since the voice has ended and you've, you've had these opportunities how much have you grown as an artist have you really seen it within yourself how much you've grown Definitely. I see it every day, actually. I, um, I try to warm up my voice every day and try to grow my range and stuff like that. And, you know, just as I keep singing and as I keep listening to these, these country songs and the older country songs and the newer country songs, I think music changes so much and, um, just the creativity flows so much. And I just realized how much I love music and getting to rehearse with my band that I tour with and everything and create these magical moments together. And we all come up with these great ideas and just create beautiful, beautiful music. You know, it's just, it's amazing. I just, I see growth every day, not in, not in just me as an artist, but me as a person. So. Right. And where are you at right now in your journey, I guess, especially with this album, what does the next year hold, especially since it looks like now you're going to be able to actually go on tour and actually get your music out there. So after, you know, you win, you kind of start to hit the ground and then everything stops and now you can finally get moving again. So what is your feeling now in being right on the cusp of being able to move forward again. You know, it feels really, really great. I'm so excited to finally get to perform live in front of people and get to look at them and be in the same vicinity as them. So it feels really, really good to do that. And now that my EP is released, I'm playing all these originals and I've actually already gotten to work on finding new songs and starting to write new songs for another project that I'm going to be doing. So I'm just, I'm so excited. And uh, I just, just yesterday I was actually rehearsing with my band and um working on this new music. It just feels so good. Like I'm just so excited to finally get back out there and not only play my EP stuff, but this new stuff that I've been working on and seeing how, how people love it and how it impacts them and seeing how everybody's feeling. I'm just so excited. And you're so busy doing so much. Do you ever get a chance to sort of sit down and look at your four-year-old self and realize how far you've come and realize that your four-year-old self, you've made it you've made this dream come true for yourself. Yeah, you know, I think about it a lot, actually, just how surreal it is and how crazy it is that something I've wanted to do my whole life is finally coming coming true. And um, it, it feels so good. I get so emotional every time I think about it. And your dad hasn't let you off the hook on your chores, though, has he? Definitely not. I still get up every morning early and I do all my chores and still help him. I mean, I mowed the grass like two days ago, so (laughs) I'm still, I'm still doing chores. (laughs) And now your dream car, 
the Chevelle. I know that your parents got you one, but I know that you were going to restore one, but things got busy. But the problem with that one was you were too short to drive it. And then the new one, it was a four speed and you didn't know how to drive a four speed. So has everything come together yet? Are you able to move the seat up enough to drive it and actually drive the four speed now? You know, my dad still hasn't taught me how to drive a manual yet. (laughs) So I'm waiting on that. So um, she just, the car just gets to sit there and look pretty. um, So I get to look at it, but hopefully I'll get to drive it soon. Um, You know, I, I just recently got myself a, a car that I've been wanting. And so I did that and I drive that every day, but hopefully soon I'll get to finally learn how to drive the Chevelle. <laughs> and what does the future hold as far as where you're living? Because I know that, you know, you're, you're big on family, your family means a lot to you. So do you ever see a day where you might move to Nashville or another area where you can maybe build a little faster? Oh, definitely. You know, I love New Mexico. They've supported me so much and I love my family and I'm just, um, you know, waiting for the the right time. I definitely want to get up to Nashville. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, so we'll see what happens. And talk about the PBR because that's sort of full circle because of your barrel racing days and your rodeo days. And now you're working with them. How did that feel to be able to sing? I guess it was like the anthem for, for the PBR and have that experience and go to the event and you got to sit on a bull. And what has that all been like for you? You know, it's been incredible. Um, I, whenever I first sang the national anthem at PBR, I got to meet uh, Sean Gleason. He's the CEO of the Professional Bull Riders and meet so many amazing people that are part of the PBR. And um, since then, I mean, like our relationship's grown so much. I'm part of their anthem, their song that plays before they do all the bull riding and uh, everything on TV. So it's just so cool. It's like, it's like another family. Like I talk to the bull riders and talk to the, talk to the announcers of the rodeos. Like it's so cool. I love, I love all of them. They're such great humans and great people and sitting on a bull. That was so much fun. I asked them and I didn't think that it would actually happen, but they let me, uh, the bull's name was catfish John and it's, they're big animals. I'm I'm glad they didn't open the gate. (laughs) because I would have flipped out, but it was so much fun just getting to getting to see how they do everything and kind of be behind the scenes and um, and get to meet the Cowboys and um, meet the people there and just kind of just build these great bonds with them. And what have those bonds been like? How important have all the bonds that you've created since you started this process? How important are those and going into this experience with an open mind and a positive mind and being sure that you can create positive moments with basically everyone you meet, because you never know where that can lead. Yeah. You know, getting new friends and meeting new people, is just so, so fun. I love to meet new people that are, that are not only in music, but like in the PBR acting and stuff like that. It's so great to be surrounded by all these different realms of creativity and just create these friendships with people. It's just, it's so great. I love, I just like to surround myself with positive people that are, they're just so creative and it just helps the creativity in me just keep flowing. And 
are the mo the movie side of things is that still something that you're thinking about or now that things are opening up in the world are you going to focus on touring a bit right now um and kind of put the movie stuff on the back burner you know i'm doing both i love to sing but i also really love to act so i'm doing both at the same time really um i started filming the movie wildfire in oklahoma in 2019 that's not finished yet um but there's some other projects that Hopefully, uh, one of them will be coming out this year, I believe. And then the others, we'll see what happens with those. But I'm still doing the acting thing as well. I love both so much. Well, that's awesome. You are so busy then. And especially when things open up, you're just gonna, I mean, the sky's the limit with all that you're doing right now. So it's awesome to see. And yeah, thank you so much with all you have going on for taking the time to join me and for telling your story. Of course. Thank you so much. This was so fun. You were really awesome. So easy to talk to you. So thank well, you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And the EP, everybody's got a story. People can get it wherever they get their music. And like you say, you're working on more stuff now. So we will look forward to that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye.